Father, we just want to say how much we love you, how much we appreciate you, and thank you for all that you've done in our lives, Lord. Where would we be without you, Lord? Directing and moving and touching. We ask, Father, that you would come this evening in a very special way. I've asked you, Lord, to come and touch hearts and lives, and I know you've heard my prayer and my request. And I ask, Father, that you would just touch lives, Lord, in a great in mighty way, Father, and lift our heads, Lord, towards the things of God and off of our doubts and off of our fears and unbeliefs and worries and, and look to the hills which cometh our help because our help cometh from the Lord. We ask, Father, you take, Lord, these words and anoint them to our hearts, we pray. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Habakkuk 2 and verse 2, if you would. Good to be. Thank you. Good to be in the house of the Lord. And, and uh, like David, I was glad when they said unto me, "It's time, Amen." To go to his house and and to hear from him. And Amen. I believe that's what happens, Amen. When a man can set aside his time and energies and lay lay before the Lord and ask what he what what he would say. I believe that's. Amen, the order of the church and the order of God to speak through a man, amen, and you, but the thing of it is, men has to realize it's not just a man, it's God speaking, amen, and so then it can be something to you to help you in a spiritual way. <clears throat> I want to say, we, Lord willing, we'll be leaving this coming week, going to Brother uh, Sean Martin's tent meeting and then on to Brother Ron Spencer's, so we covet your prayers and Amen. We're a little bit weak in body, but we thank the Lord we're recovering and getting stronger. So we thank the Lord for that. Um, Habakkuk 2 and verse 2 says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. In other words, though it tarry, it's worth waiting for. Amen. It's worth waiting for. We'll let you be seated. I'd like to speak to you on the light, the season of change. We talked about last Wednesday about the change of seasons. And we know many of us, uh, we could ask, uh, we could see very quickly in this building, there's many people in all various types of seasons of their lives. Um, there's uh, many that would be in a winter season, as we talked about, or a summer season, but amen, as we know, seasons change, and, and God is the God over the season. 
So no matter what season that you're in, God is in that moment and in that time. And whether it be suffering, he's there. Whether it be heartache, he's there. Whether it be happiness or joy or, or, or dancing or shouting, he's there. Amen. He's in every season of your life. And so uh, we know that the word is spoken, amen, for an appointed time. And this time again is a time appointed or time set aside. And, and, and so we're not careful. As we said last Wednesday, we get in a hurry and we want God to change it before he's ready to change it. And therefore, we'll try to manipulate things or turn things in our own favor to turn things that God is actually trying to do in our lives. But as it said, though it tarry, it is, and it's, it, it seems like it's taken a while, wait for it. And I, I like that thought on it because it's worth waiting for. Amen. When God brings something to fulfillment in your life, it's worth waiting for. Amen, because it's for your good, amen, because it will surely come and it will not tarry, because what is it saying? When the time comes, it will not wait another moment, amen, it won't tarry another moment. It may have been years coming to that moment, but when that moment is there, there's not nothing that can delay it any longer or make it go, you know, go, go out further in your life, but when God brings that moment in your life, it'll happen, amen, and, and, and sometimes you'll look back and like, wow, that was so quick, that was so uh, amazing how God did that, you know, and, and I look at that same word on wait as in Isaiah 40 and verse 28, it says, has thou not known, has thou not heard? that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Amen. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But they that wait, they that wait, amen, that wait is to remain in place in readiness. Amen, that's what the word means. It means to remain in place in readiness or expectation of something or wait your turn or wait your orders or await. It's also where the word waiter comes from or waitress comes from. It also has an application of a servitude in these moments. Amen, it's not that you're just dry and barren and you have nothing to offer, but in your waiting moments, God can still work through your life. God can still touch others in your life. God can still minister to others in your life through the times that you're going through. It's times that you feel are so hard. Sometimes people are watching and they're seeing how you react. They're seeing what you do during those times. And in that, it is giving them strength to continue on. Look at Brother Ron. He's in the season of seemingly waiting, amen, for a moment of a healing, of a complete deliverance. But during that time of waiting, how much has God used that man? to stand and proclaim the, uh, the virtuous powers of Almighty God. Amen, there with that sickness in his body, but still saying God still heals. God still delivers, amen. And during that waiting, God is using him for his glory. Amen, but when the time comes for that appointment, that healing, there ain't a devil in hell that can stop it. Amen, he can't add one more moment to it, he can't add one more second to it, but the word will be fulfilled in his life. So many times, as we said last, last week, Wednesday, many times we find ourselves in seasons of waiting. We're waiting on the Lord to move in a hard situation or a certain situation or, or maybe some <coughs> financial help. We're often, we're waiting on God for many things. And, but in those seasons of waiting, God is there. He is using those times just as effectively, as effectively as he uses the good times or the hard times. 
He is transforming us by the power of Almighty God into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Therefore, the times of waiting are not wasted. They're not wasted, amen. You may feel like, amen, you're in a time of sorrow. It's not wasted. Amen, God is working something out of your life and in your life. You know, I, I look at the, uh, the, the children of Israel when they were carried off into Babylon and, and, and I wanna go into that for a moment in Psalms 137 in verse one. Amen, they found themselves, amen, now in captivity in a season of captivity in a, in a season that wasn't very nice to them. They had been taken away from their homes and their lands and, and, and all the things that were familiar to them and they were in sorrow and great sorrow and it says here in Psalms 137 in verse one, it says, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hung or hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that, for there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in such a strange land? Now they hung their harps up. Their song was taken. They, they seemed that their destiny or their purpose or their future was in doubt. And they were captives both phys physically and emotionally. To them, God was far away and he wasn't going to return. Amen, this is where they were in their season as they were taken out. In times, a time where they didn't feel the worship and the joy they had once felt before. They had been brought into this season because of their sin. Amen. You say, well, what's that have to do with us? We have been brought into this fallen world because of Adam's sin. Amen. Therefore, we were born in captivity. We were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We, we were exiled from the presence of Almighty God. Many times the signs of living in captivity, you know, is the loss of your dream or the loss of your laugh or the loss of your joy or the loss of your testimony or the loss of your hope or the loss of your fruitfulness. But remember, you don't change seasons. You adjust to seasons. When it's winter and cold, what do you do? You go put on a coat. When it's summer, you take or springtime comes, you take it off. And then there's days in the spring you don't know what to wear, but you just adjust to what's going on. But the good news, amen, if you're in a winter, spring is about to happen. And it can happen very suddenly in your life, amen. It can happen in just a moment. The season can change and you look back and you say, how did I even make it through winter time? And here you are now standing in spring. But God was watching over your life and ordaining you during that season to walk a certain time. But when the time come to change, it changed. And the moment changed in your life. Suddenly, amen, you can be full of sorrow and suddenly you begin, be, become full of joy. Suddenly chains can fall off and freedom be released. Suddenly you can be barren and suddenly you can be full of life. Amen, yeah, this is what the change of season. I wanna go through some of these changes of this word. And, and Acts two and verse one, and again, I'm gonna go through a bunch of scriptures, so yeah, you just, just follow along as you can. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with all, all with one accord in one place, and suddenly they came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all that in the house they were sitting. And they appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each to one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues and spirit gave them mutters and, 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 and so listen for all, at one time we had deniers 
We had people that had walked away. We had all kinds of things, but they begin to move in another moment, another time, and, and focus their attention not towards their faults and towards their failures, but towards their God and how he told them to tarry in Jerusalem. And their, fo- fo- their focus began to move into that realm, and suddenly they were no longer deniers. They were sons and daughters of God. They were no longer sinners and away from God. They had been changed. Their season of life had changed very suddenly. Amen. Paul, as, as he was known as Saul, was on his way to persecute the church of the living God. He had thrown many in jail. He gave many stripes. But the Bible says in Acts chapter 9 and verse 3, it says, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined around him about a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Is it hard for you to kick against the pricks? And he trembling astonished said, Lord, what will you have me do? And the Lord said, arise and go into the city and it shall be told what thou must do. So uh, one, at one moment he's on his high horse, suddenly he's down in the ground looking up at a light and everything changed in his life. Right. Amen, it can happen suddenly. Right. <clears throat> can I drop this in about your children? They may be on their high horse right now. They may be on their road down the wrong path and doing the wrong things, amen, but suddenly things can change. Seasons can change very quickly and I I believe we're in a season of change. I believe we're in a season of a, of a change of dispensation. And you know, I, I just got, I don't have this in my notes, but I've been thinking about it. Brother Brown talks about the junctions of time and he said at every junction, omnipotence is spoke. And when omnipotence speaks, the miraculous takes place. I believe we're at the season of change. Amen. We say, well, what's the season of change? The change of these mortal bodies. And omnipotence is going to speak. And when it speaks, miraculous will take place. And suddenly, one day your children's lost. And the next day they're saved. Amen. This is the God who does things suddenly. Seasons can change in just a moment. Acts, uh, verse, uh, Acts chapter 16 and 25, we find at midnight, Paul and Silas pray. One of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible, just a, a, a events, I guess, and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard, heard them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. Amen. In one moment, they're bound. In one moment, they're beaten. In one moment, they're bruised. And they say, you know, in these moments, we can still praise God. In these moments, we can still lift our hands and to give thanksgiving. Amen. In these moments, we can still worship him. Hallelujah. Amen. What happened? All of a sudden, everything changed. You don't realize just how quickly something can change in your life. Right now, you may be feeling bound and defeated, but if you just start lifting up your hands and say, God, in these moments, I'm still gonna praise you. In these moments, I'm still gonna worship you. You don't know God will send an earthquake. He'll send a whirlwind. He'll send whatever it takes. And immediately, your season can change. Immediately, that's the same word. Suddenly, immediately. (laughs) Matthew 8 and verse two said, behold, There came a leper and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. 
And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him saying, I will. Be thou clean. And what? Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Mm, Hallelujah. Amen. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Listen, that leprosy is a type of sin. It don't take years and years and years to get rid of sin. It can be done immediately. Cigarettes can fall off and habits can fall off and every kind of ungodly spirit can fall off. It can happen immediately. You say, will God make me whole? He will. Will God save me? He will. Will God heal me? He will. Will God deliver me out of my situation? He will. Amen. Mark chapter one and verse 29 says, and forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John, but Simon's wife, mother, lay sick of a fever. Anon they fell, they fell to tell, they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left. And she ministered unto them. Mark, Mark chapter two and verse 10 says, and ye may know that the son of man hath power on the earth to forgive sins. He said that to the sick of the palsy. I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thy house. And immediately he rose and he took up his bed. You can say what you want to about the chosen, but when they portrayed that down there at that pool of Bethesda and Peter come up to that man and said, you know, he told you to take up your bed because you're not coming back. <laughs> oh, my God. Amen. Too many times God will lift us up and we'll leave our bed there as a crutch to go back to. Listen, God can deliver you of spirits, but if you allow what's this leftovers to linger, you'll go right back to them. Listen, people can be delivered in a prayer line and walk out delivered and the next day filled with spirits again. Demons of every hell, all kind of hell taking over their bodies. Why? They didn't get rid of the bed. What they've laid on for years and they've lagged around on and they've been a crutch to them. He did this to me and he done that to me. It's nothing but a bed. Jesus said, you're healed. Get rid of the bed. Allow forgiveness to flow through your life. Or you'll go back. <laughs> And he went, he immediately arose and took up the bed and went forward before them all insomuch they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw it on this fashion. <laughs> well, you, let me tell you, they ain't never saw it on the fashion that's about to happen. All of a sudden, gray hair is gonna go back. Wrinkles are gonna disappear. Old age is gonna disappear. Spirits of, of hell are going to be bound. They ain't never going to, they've never saw it well in the fashion that's about to take place. Amen. You're talking about amazement. Mark chapter 10 and verse 46 and said they come to Jericho and as he went out of Jericho with the disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him to hold his peace. You know who was charging him to hold his peace? Those who had eyes. Come on now. 
they wasn't the blind man. They hadn't been in that season. They hadn't been in that moment. And they're saying, hold your peace. You're talking to me. I have been born blind and I have this blindness and I have an opportunity that I can receive healing and you want me to remain quiet? This is my season of change. Reminds me of the young boy that Brother Branham prayed for in the wheelchair, I believe it was, and he was going around testifying of, of, the, of the power of God, still in a wheelchair, but testifying, and, they, and you know, he's supposedly putting a stain on the gospel, as they said, and, and he said, you're, you're making a mockery of it, and he said, why would you take from me the only hope that I got? Why would you take from me the only hope that I've got? And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm healed. And at that moment, he stepped up out of that wheelchair and walked out of there. Come on now. When you recognize it's not just a man coming through the building, it's Jesus. And I need a season of change. I need a marked moment in my life that I know God met me. Why would you hold me back? Jesus, that cry, Brother Brown said, stopped heaven. <laughs> that cry stopped heaven. And Jesus stood still. Others were mocking him. Others were saying all kinds of things about him. Others were trying to quieten it down. Others were trying to do whatever they wanted to do. But this blind man stopped Jesus by a cry. And commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, and he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, I love that, he knew he wasn't going to need that beggar's garment no more. His season was about to change. He rose and he came to Jesus. Amen. And Jesus said, what wilt thou should do to thee? And the blind said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. Hallelujah. Amen. Luke chapter 8 and verse 43 says, A woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all over living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, but came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stopped. Others were trying to keep her away. They knew what it would be for a, a bloody woman to touch a priest or to touch him, or you would be unclean. She had a need. <laughs> I don't care how vile a sinner you are, Jesus is willing to take on your uncleanness. It doesn't matter. He's able. This blood is powerful enough. Amen. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 3 and verse 6 Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I to thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. 
And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaped up, stood and walked and entered with them to the temple walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and they knew that it was he that sat by the arms at beautiful gate of the temple and they were filled with wonder and amazement of that which had happened unto him. But God rich in mercy but going back to Israel, they didn't stay in captivity forever. God had a promise over their life. And there was a time the season was going to change. God was going to remember his people. I heard another couple Wednesdays night by Brother Carmen. God remembers. It's not that he's forgotten. It's just the time for something to be fulfilled. So God remembers and then I want to read about them coming back in Psalms 126. He said, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. You ever been there? You have something so good to you has happened, it's almost like you're dreaming. This how you're pinching yourself and like, is this really real? And you're trying to look around. He said, we were like them that dream. <laughs> then was our mouth filled with laughter. And our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord had done so much for them that the heathen had to testify. God's at work. This is the Lord's doing. Hallelujah. This is the Lord's doing. Only God can do this. Hallelujah. And the Lord hath done great things for us whereof we are glad. He has turned our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south and they that sow in tears, listen to the season change, shall reap in joy. Hallelujah. You may have been bawling buckets of tears this week, but don't worry. You're just seeing the suffering, but get ready for the glory. The glory of God is about to be released and your tears will be turned to joy. Hallelujah. And he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing in the sheaves. Hallelujah. You don't know the power of the seed that's on the inside of you. It's not to just have one little tiny plant one little tiny piece of fruit, one little tiny thing in your life. No, sir, it's, a, it's, that, it's that seed lays every blessing of Almighty God. In that moment of your life, in that little place of your life, lays everything God has for you. There's power in that seed. And you might be weeping, carrying that one seed and saying, God, how can I take it one more day? How can I go one more moment? How can I go one more? All of a sudden, the season changes. Man, I can't hardly carry all these blessings. Hallelujah, I can't hardly carry what God has given to me. Hallelujah, I can't hardly contain the joy that he's given me. The season can change very rapidly, but just don't miss, miss the change. I know what I'm talking about. 
says here a psalm, a psalm in verse, uh, chapter 30 and verse 1, it said a psalm and a song at the dedication of the house of David. I will extol thee, extol thee O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cried unto thee and thou hast healed me. O oh Lord, thou hast brought me up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down into the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth for a moment. In his favor, though, is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Hallelujah. And in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by thy favor, thou hast made my mountain stand strong. Thou hast hid thy face, and I was troubled. I cried to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood that I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall I declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, have mercy on me, Lord. Be thou my helper. Then thou hast turned from me my mourning into dancing and my sackcloth and girded me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise unto thee and not be silent, O Lord my God. I will give thanks unto thee forever. One day exiles, the next day home. One day sinners, the next day saved sons and daughters of God. We are not in exile no longer. Hallelujah. We have a right to take our hearts down and play and to sing the praises of Almighty God. Let me read you a little footnote about this. Uh, Give me a second. A footnote about the harps. It says here, we hanged our harps upon the willows. This man said these words are not without great probability and, and are the words of some holy Levites who were been accustomed to music, both vocal and instrumental, in the temple of God. He said, harps are put here speaking of all instruments of music. He said, it is further to be observed that harps were used by the Greeks in mourning, but they were used by the Hebrews in rejoicing. <laughs> Hallelujah, I don't want to be a Greek. Apologize, I don't want to be one. I want. I, I am a blood-bought son of God. Amen, I am a son of Abraham. Spiritual seed, spiritual Israel. Amen, that's who I am. Therefore, I will not use, amen, my, my gift or what God has given or the, 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 the instruments for mourning. No, sir, they are to rejoice and sing the praises of Almighty God. This is the season that we're in, is to worship him and to give him praise. Hallelujah. It is a season for impossibilities to become possible. We have been brought back to the land of our father Abraham. It is a land of faith. It is a land of the promised son. It is a land, amen, where God has ordained us to stand in this hour. <coughs> I want to read you a few things that, well, 
That back trouble you had, it's left you. It's over now. I just caught something in this vicinity. He said, I can't tell. Somebody sitting right along here that's bothered, I believe. Yep. You, sister, have a nervous condition. Isn't that right? It's a demon oppression. Is that right? It's left you now. You just got healed of that just a few minutes ago. It's all over. You have pains and things that bothers you and hurts you. Isn't that true? Pains in your body. Satan's tempting you and he's attacking you. Be of good courage. Jesus knows all about it and he's made it well for you. It's over. You don't know when seasons can change. Sister, you're full of tumors. Something is inside of you trying to kill you. You're full of but have faith in God. Your tumor shall live. You believe, believe, you believe, sister, with all your heart. You feel better now, don't you, sister? Here on the side of the sea. Yes, ma'am. It's over now. You're well. Hallelujah. Said, Don't you see that? Look at there. That little yellow emerald light. That man's suffering. He's in bad shape. Nervous. Having a breakdown. He's a nice man. Got a family. Bunch of children. About five children. Have you got a prayer card? Oh, well, you don't need it. It's over now. You go home. Make a living for your children. Your faith has done it for you. Hallelujah. God, that's what we have to have. It's faith to believe the word. Just listening to the Supernatural series and Brother Branham was, you know, at the beginning of all that, he started bringing, he said, give me your hard case, hardest cases. And he'd bring them up and he would, he would show that God was a God of mercy. Sometimes he'd pray an hour and 45 minutes and then all of a sudden it would break. And then they started having miracle lines after even the angel taught, warned him, said, don't do that. He said, because you're putting, you're putting what, what it was that he was making it where the people would only have faith if they saw a miracle. That's not what God wants. God wants you to have faith before a miracle. And so after he would come to the moment, of, and it goes down to the point, he asked God, he said, Lord, if I've been wrong, show it to me. And let me tell you, God showed him very plainly because they had a miracle line. And the girl there was deaf and barely could hear before it was over. She couldn't hear a lick. Got worse and worse. Second person like that. He had to shut it down. He, began, he had to repent before God and make it right. He, come, he actually came back and he said, look, I've been wrong. I, I'm thankful for a, a prophet like that. I've been wrong. I've done something God told me not to do. And he began to explain. He said, listen, God wants you, amen, not to have faith because you saw something. God wants you to have faith even before you see anything happen. See, he said, I'm the one that prays. He said, but you're the one that has faith. Come on now. Listen, it ain't all about all that's going on up here or out there. You have to have the faith. I believe right now a season can change so quickly in this service and it be over with. But all it says, Lord, it needs somebody to say, God, I need that moment with you. I need that to come on my back, my bench, my pew, my heart. He said, when we come there to that great wedding supper, the season of change, and we look across the table at one another, oh God, just a slip, a little handshake over with tears of joy running down our cheeks, but the king will come out in his beauty, 
he'll wipe every tear from our eyes. And he'll say, don't cry. It's all over now. There'll be no more healing campaigns. No more tired, restless nights. No more wheelchairs, graves, or sickness. Oh, that great day when you'll say, Father, enter into the joys of the Lord. I long to hear you say that. We are in that season. When the great supper set and we sit across the table, the wedding supper, I look across the table, I say, I recognize him. He's from Finland. I recognize him. He's in that eerie meeting. I reach across the table and I take you by the hand and we shed a few tears, won't you? Won't we? He said, the first thing you know, the king will walk out in all his beauty. He'll take his hands and he'll wipe all the tears from our eyes. He'll put his arm around you and say, don't cry now. It's all over. He said, there won't be no more healing services, no more hot nights, no more tears, no more wheelchairs, no more crutches. It'll all be over. Enter ye into the joys of the Lord. I want to be there. Don't you? He said, thinking that sometime when life is all over, the last prayer is said here on earth and the Bible's closed and we come down to the end of the road and we enter into his joys up there. I just wonder when that great supper set, that last supper setting down lines thousands of miles across the, set across the table. He said, I'm telling you now, it's going to be a glorious time. We'll look across the table to one another and see those veterans who fought to win the prize, sailed through bloody seas. I guess we'll shake each other's hand, no doubt. A little tear will drop down our cheeks, but the king will come out. And he'll wipe the tears from our eyes and say, don't cry, it's over now. We're in the season of change. Many times, you know, we get under pressure. We get under things in our lives. We have worries, we have doubts, we're still human. Daniel was put in a pressurized moment in Daniel 2 and verse 19. And his life was actually laying on the line. And it says, then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. <laughs> in other words, when it was night, God still gave him sight. In the darkest hours, God still got Daniels that can look through the darkness and God give them vision in the night. He said, then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And Daniel answered and said, blessed be the name of our God forever and ever for wisdom and might are his. He changes the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and he setteth up kings. <clears throat> Hello, somebody. He allows things to rise and he'll tear them down. He allowed walls to be built around his children, but when it was a time for their freedom, they were tore down. He rises, raises kings, and he setteth down kings. He giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. So if you're walking in a dark moment, he knows what's in there. Hallelujah, he's already got the answer for you. And the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O Lord, O God of my fathers, who have given me wisdom and might and hath made known unto me now what we desire of thee. For thou hast known, now made known unto us the king's matter. Amen. What a people we are. 
And we're walking in darkness, but God's given us a vision to see. And he's made known to us, not some earthly king, not some king that has has, has, uh, uh, evil dominion over us. No, no, he's given us, amen, the king's matter. He's allowed us to see what it's all about, where we are, the times and the seasons, what's about to happen. And we can say, hey, a change is about to take place. Made known to us the king's matter. The king knows what season you're in. I, I want you to understand these notes and things have been on this iPad since about Friday. Saturday and Sunday was a culmination of some real emotions in my life. I'm going to be real real for a moment. <laughs> About four years ago, I was looking to go into business and it seemed like the Lord was setting up some things very, it just looked like the Lord. And so I had made these plans and plans were in place and things were moving. And I went up to Brother Ron's to minister and went and ate dinner with him at his house. The next morning at the service, or the next morning, actually, when they had Sunday night, Saturday night, Sunday night at that time. But we went up on the mountain on the Sunday morning. He said, y'all heard, y'all heard the testimony at camp about Brother Alden. Uh, is that his name, Alden? Uh, no, the brother's got the greenhouse. Aiden, Brother Aiden. And uh, that was powerful. How big was it when I prayed? Ten by twenty. How big is it now? Five acres. Greenhouse. And so he, he pulled me aside on the side of that mountain. He was looking over that beautiful Shenandoah Valley. And he said, this is the time. He said, Brother Timothy, I'm just going to tell you. He said, I went to lay down after you left yesterday. He said, I couldn't sleep. Went in my office. And uh, I um, just got quiet before the Lord. And he began to speak to me about you. And I hadn't spoken a word to Brother Ron about what I was, my plans and he says, God said that you're not to go into business. He said, but God said, tell him he's my servant. I'll take care of him. He said, now I've talked to Brother Aiden. I've talked to another brother up in B.C. And God has exploded their business. He said, even, you know, me and my sons, we have a, a thing that we do. He said, but that's not for you. That's not what the, the Lord, this is, I'm just telling you what the Lord told. I took it as from the Lord. And I saw very quickly my situation change and, and God provided all these four years he's provided over and abundantly but just in these last couple of months things began to change and I saw the change that was taking place and, and I saw that very quickly things were changing financially and unexpected things were happening and I'm wondering what do I do How do I? and so you try to in your moments of worry and fear you try to figure this out and you're digging yourself deeper and you're digging yourself deeper and and then the devil's on you like, well, see, you could go do this and you could go do that. And, I, you know, you left this job that was paying, out paying this much. See what, you know, the Lord's really taking care of you. And all this stuff, you know, mind battles. And then, you know, Sister Ruth's going through what she's going through and, and the devil's laughing at me about that and all that. And so Saturday evening, my emotions are so raw and they come to the front and then Sunday after I led the singing, I went to the back and I just got on that couch back there and I just cried out to God. I said, God, I, I need something. I need you to move. 
I said, because I don't want to get bitter. I, I, I want to stay right in this season. I, I, I know it's a test, and I, I don't want to fail this test. But Lord, I'm at my end. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. And so fast forward to Monday morning, me and Brother Tim decided to go get some groceries. I jumped in the car with him. I went and got a few for our house. And we come back and we saw Sister Ruth and, and uh, Katie and Sister Emily walking up the highway. And so we went on into the house and took the groceries in. And I was sitting there on the couch and just had got a text or something or just finished talking. And by the time my wife walks in, she said, hey, here's a card for you. I said, card? And I looked at it. And uh, I said, well, I wonder what this is about. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a guy that don't go to the mailbox because they're bills. <laughs> or, you know, something going on. I, 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 don't, I don't go to the mailbox. <laughs> Sister Ruth, oh, she gets aggravated with me sometime when we drive by it. And I said, I ain't stopping. So I get this card. It says, with appreciation, some lives are true reflections of God's love. Send in a prayer of thanks to God and a note of thanks to you, Brother Timothy. God knew what he was doing when he put you in our lives. Thank you for all the encouragement and friendship. It's been a huge blessing to us. God bless. Please accept this gift to do with you as you, do as you please. I flipped that thing over, and all I could say was, oh, my God. And I crushed down and I began to cry and say, God, I've tried to hold but tried to have faith, but Lord, forgive me for my unbelief. Right there laying in that on Monday morning was everything I had need of to take care of all that I had. And let me tell you a little secret. We had been gone from the house. We'd been out with the kids to the lake property there on Friday and Saturday we came home real quick. I bypassed the mailbox. And I went straight, jumped in some clothes to come here for Brother Aaron's dad's uh, memorial, Brother Rawson. So uh, we were very hurriedly, and I, Sister Ruth got that from on Monday, but the mail hadn't run yet. All the time that I was in agony, all the time that I was weeping and asking God to move, he had already moved. All he was saying is, son, go to the mailbox. I've already provided it for you. I've already given it to you. I've already gave you what you have need of. All you gotta do is go to the mailbox. Can I say that tonight, children of God? Amen, listen, whatever you have need of, don't bypass the mailbox. There's love letters laying on there. Go get what God has for you. He has already provided it. He has already given it to you. And I'm telling you, he's not just enough, he's more than enough. So take your hearts down off the willow tree and give thanks to Almighty God. You are my provider. You are my God. You were with me. You never left me. You'll never fail me. Hallelujah. You are there in the moment of need. You don't know how quick a season can change. You don't know how quick a season can change. 
Hey, man, y'all can remain standing. I'm done. You don't know how quick a season can change. Brother Jason Jackson would send me this note on Monday. He said, I got a thought yesterday I was studying on today. Your moment with the king. Esther 7 and 8. She got to express to king what her problem was. And he granted her every request she had. He said, you had your moment when you was pouring out your heart to him. But today, he's hung Cayman. The season changed. He said, but as in Esther's case, there wasn't a, the dearest, that wasn't the dearest need. It was to spare her people from a decree that could not be reversed. But what the king did, he put a decree in effect before the first could come into effect. Hallelujah. I want you to tell that devil, you may have decrees over my life, but there's a decree over me before you ever spoke. Hallelujah. And you don't dictate what season I am. The king does. The king says where I'm at. The king says who I am. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. This is my season. And for such a time as this, I have been placed here. Hallelujah. I want you to know there's a decree over your life before the devil ever said anything about you. And I want you to understand, parents, there's a decree over your children before the devil ever had one thing to do with him. Hallelujah. And you don't know the moment. It's gonna change. Hallelujah. It can happen in the history. Don't give up on the promise. Woo, hallelujah. I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost right now. Don't give up. Keep going to the mailbox. Keep finding those love letters. Keep finding those places God has given you in your moments of need. Let me tell you, parents, that God gave me something that's just a temporary thing. And he was concerned about a temporary matter. You think your children, he's not concerned about? They are eternal things. So if he was concerned about my temporary thing, how much more is he concerned about your eternal thing? There's a love letter here for you. They shall be there and their offspring with them. The promise is unto you and your children. Go to the mailbox. It's already dead. Hallelujah. It's there for you. Why don't you just reach out and claim it? It's my season. It's my moment. Amen. God can take it from, I didn't see that happening to be a bill. I didn't see that happening to be a bad problem. I didn't see that happening as an accident. All of a sudden, change? I didn't see that happening. My children are in church. I didn't see that happening. My sickness is gone. I didn't see that happen and a promotion happened. I didn't see that happen. I'm blessed. You can change it in just a moment. You are in a season of change. Let's worship the Lord together, my sister. Yes, amen.
It's your season to be blessed. Come on now. God made you a promise. Oh, See? 